Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking some things from the field. Got a mixed bag for you today. Spotlight, we'll look at genetic defect discovered in Holsteins. Give you a GDU update. Egg History Minute, we're talking to Outagamey Fair as it's fair week here in Seymour. Cool Beans, that's corny. We'll have some current events. We'll wrap it all up with a field good Friday. With me today are Bill Schaumburg. Hey guys. Max Garvey. What's up everybody? Todd Schaumburg. Hey to all the Tilties out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So it is fair week this week for Outagamey County. We were, uh, I was down there last night. I know I saw Todd down there. Tuesday I worked the fair. So that was, was good. It was the coolest entry day I can remember. Nice. In a long time. Like it wasn't, I'm just standing here in a non-ventilated building sweating <laughs> my right. butt off. But Is it still a week you like circle in the calendar and look forward to all year like we did when we were kids? Yep. Or has it changed? Down I, when adult. you were kids, it was uh, it was awesome. Like it was the week. I mean, yeah. you didn't see your friends all summer, right? Usually, you saw them at baseball or something like that, and you couldn't, you didn't have cell phones to talk to them. So it was like you, you marked it down, like oh, it's the middle of summer. I'll see my friends here, and that was always cool. But it's a little different as an adult. So yeah, when you're getting your kids to do the projects instead of being the one procrastinating on your projects, <laughs> it's a different so different outlook on life. You're nagging your kids now versus being nagged, yeah. right, to do your projects. There's a palpable excitement in the town of Seymour this week. Yeah. You, you know it's fair week because you see all the uh, random things for sale in people's yards that weren't <laughs> yeah. there a week ago. You know what's coming. Yeah, the, fir- the first year we lived here, my wife actually, she said, is there like a town wine rubbish sale or what? Why is there all this stuff? In me? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You, you're not familiar. Fair week. Uh, this is fair week. Yeah, the neighbor down the road's got two really big boats in his yep. yard. And I don't think either ones are, one of them was his, but. That's that is funny. I never, I didn't ever notice that. That, but you're right. Oh, it yeah. is like no, it becomes like a Facebook marketplace. Cars, on motorcycles, you just roll them out. There's thousands of outsiders coming to town. They yeah. might buy my crap. <laughs> you never know what the carnies might be looking for to take yeah. with them to the next fair. So, if you could only go to the fair for an hour, what would you do? Like anything of the fair, 4-H rides, food. Concert one hour, like maybe not an hour, but like like a short like period. You gotta, gotta go, go and this thing. is yeah, yep. Well, I got an hour perfectly lined up. Walk in straight to Deanna's, lemonade, gyro, ribbon fries. Start walking. Got to get through the dairy barn and the pig barn. After that, I don't much care. But those two, got to get through them. Yeah, that's where we went last night. Was to eat and walk through buildings. So yeah, we I didn't do any rides last night. No, you're right. You gotta you gotta grab some uh, there's like dairy bar malt. Yes, there's like it's, something you go it's for the dairy That's... bar malt, which might take you 15 minutes in that line to get your malt. <laughs> so then you and then you go 45 minutes in the craps building. Done. There you go. Just like go see, and it. I don't. You how are you gonna spend 45 minutes in the craps building? <laughs> yeah. It's like There's 12 feet long at in that building. No, the other or, 44 minutes. It's not 2001, Todd. Yeah, yeah. Cops building was way bigger then. Very much different. You're right. Like I don't, I don't get like the the goats or whatever. Like I'll look at them, the the sheep, whatever, the the poultry barn, whatever. But the dairy barn and the pigs, that's like a number one attraction for me. You go in the commercial building. They got like a you know like no a, the advertiser building. That yeah nah that building's changed. There's like 
three Bible pushing places. Really? And, nah. Yeah. Um, you got the two like political parties got yeah. their booths yep. in the separate aisles. Yes. <laughs> they <laughs> should put them next to each oh, other. Oh, that would be great. That would be amazing. That would be great. Yeah, they were actually quite far yeah, apart. We know sure people that maybe could do that. Maybe yeah. we should tell them that. Yeah. They they got like a tractor. Like he's probably got three booth spaces of like one sixty fourth and one sixty tractor nice. toys. Yep. It was and it was that's re- old I mean it was expensive, but it wasn't crazy. Either. You know, it was reasonable what you'd pay at a dealership. Local or corn heat there. guy was there yep. with his stuff. In oh yeah, there. he's got the electric bikes and the pizza the ovens, pizza ovens and, and corn actually, stoves. Yeah, I actually like going in that place. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. not going to get any pellets if I need them this week, you're saying, because he's at the fair. Yes. Well, you just go to the fair, and then you yeah. can get No, pellets. they're at probably the tell fair. You where you get I got to pay to get in the fair. Yeah. To... Mine is a chocolate malt, Todd. Like, oh, yeah, you got to. Like if, like, if I only have, like, whatever to do, it's that. Like, Yeah, that was first day when I was working. First meal was chocolate malt, hot beef and cheese. Oh, man. That's a good, that's a good combo right there. Has the hot beef and cheese changed in 40 it's years cha- there? It's changed. A little it? bit, but oh, yeah. it's still... It's, it's a... Div- it, it's well, because not... it used to be from uh, Cedar Creek. Oh, sure. No, Cedar... What's the ice yes. cream and... Cedar... It's less Cedar Creek. Crest Creek. is the Crest ice is the ice cream. Cedar less Creek. messy. Yes, it is less sloppy. it used to be very sloppy. It was more like yeah. a half sloppy Joe in with pulled beef. They like, they like a which was kind of... Yeah, which is kind of good. But it's different, but it's still... It's still good. It still is... A, it's still good, yes. I, I remember, like, showing days, like, being like those years you're at the fair all day every day because you had animals there and like the the meals you could eat in a week were just phenomenal i don't i wonder what my bill was for the entire <laughs> week for food but just a, a few years ago they brought back breakfast yep. so that was a big oh, thing yeah, where we were like oh, yeah, showing dairy, dairy cattle bar? and stuff yeah they cut out breakfast oh yeah for a, a long time they didn't I, have wow. it again i got breakfast while back. i was showing yeah i think yeah i got it while i was showing yeah, I don't remember when they stopped doing it, but they didn't do it for quite a it while. Was, yes. And then now they're they're doing right. it. Was again, it help so. related? Like they couldn't get people in the morning? Well, think about it. All the 4-H kids that are there in the morning are are working. We're, yeah, right? we're there because you know. Cause so you had to find certain clubs, but there's enough non-animal 4-H. You know, the majority now. Yeah, probably. now there's yeah. What time do you guys? Enough. What time did you guys used to get there in the morning on show day? Do you remember? Six, six, six probably. Yeah. Six. I remember it was early. Yeah, I remember how cold the water well, was in the wash rack when the sun wasn't. Yes. like when the sun was just starting to come up, you know. And as a kid, like six is like, yeah, f- like what we would think yeah. four a.m. is now. I remember, you know, like I remember having my headlamp on though, so it was dark when we yeah, got there. Yeah, I mean, there was probably times where it was five, but yes, it was early enough where you you needed to grab a sweatshirt to go. I, out, that wash like, rack, I was so cold, so cold. I think that might have been the coldest I ever was in my life. Was at the wash <laughs> rack on. <laughs> Show day at six o'clock in the morning, which is ironic in July. That, that yes. would be your coldest moment. But yeah, but and then by the time you get in the ring at eleven, you're yeah. like, oh my god, it's people so are hot passing out, out from heat stroke. Yeah, they're like yeah. they're like talking about shutting the show down because the pigs can't handle it. Like you know, it gets so hot there later in the day. But for, that morning is always freezing. I remember. I don't know if that's because you're out if you're wet and outside yeah. early in the morning. Like you don't. It's damp. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. That yeah. that's one newfound respect for like animal showing moms and dads and what they do to get you know like we showed as kids and you thought like all oh, this work i put into it and now you see like holy crap like all the work dad put into it yeah, to oh, yeah. do it and like you probably never appreciated it not not enough because holy man it's yeah. like like literally it's yeah you gotta, it, have, and you don't you gotta re- have all the straw the feed right the 
you know, show there's box, a lot of things that need to be there. My, my parents were in Fargo when I showed watching my brother wrestle, so they didn't do anything. It was it just you? There's no adults helping at all. Like you. Nah, my bu- I we, I kept my pigs at my buddy's house, so yeah. his dad helped us out. Yeah. But we I was also 17, so sure, that, and that is different. When I you're could pretty much handled on what, my own, 16 and older, it was yeah. very different. Yeah, I think the first year I showed, I was 16, so yeah. Even though, like all the politics, you didn't realize oh, of like, yeah. oh my god, like all of that. You stuff were just crabby at the parents that would yell at you, and yeah. you didn't realize that that was all the politics going on in the background right like like you kind of knew what was going on but not no no not even close to what like is really going on and the old you know and even some probably thing from when they showed 30 years before of you know bubbles back up or what yeah it was just a different sort of a crowd that way that you didn't you didn't know all the stuff going on i know i just remember who you said i'm not gonna say your name but i can picture i can hear your voice i i I'll probably go to my grave remembering this. She stood in the holding pen for the pig show, and usually once a year, someone let their barrel out, and they would get a barrel in in a guilt class, and she would lose her mind every year. It was the same thing. It's like, they'll get it out. Just give it 30 seconds. It'll be gone. But she would lose. You know, she pretty much held her cool through everything else, but if a barrel got in a guilt class or a guilt got in a barrel class, it was just madness i remember that just being like this is not this is no way this is the biggest deal of today but yeah i remember that i tell you her name off air because she'll be there this year and guess what she's probably yelling there's probably a barrel in a guilt class right now waiting to go out in the ring and she's probably losing it for dairy it was always like showing up for your class and then there'd there'd be the one person they'd be yelling for yeah yeah and it's like you got 30 seconds we're going in (laughs) yeah that, the the wearing the whites thing is yeah. like the coolest and the dumbest tradition. They don't really do that uh, as much anymore. Though. No, you it's can changed wear, a little like, bit. Yeah. Colored shirt and stuff. Like but no, you had to wear like all, yeah, white, all white. white. Yeah, they wear a colored shirt, but they still it, wear white pants for the most part. I think, don't yeah. they? Yeah. It's got to be hard to find white pants. <laughs> like, Wrangler, well, and Wranglers white, that yeah, Wranglers that Fleet Farmer are all still white. White is just the worst painters. color for. Well, I mean, and that's the point of it, obviously, to to prove you're clean. You know, like right, but that's. The opposite how, of how we treat animals the rest I, of the well, time. Right, right. right. I, I will say yesterday I was at a, a farm and they're they're in their, they're going to do their first year ever of showing at the fair. And I, they have a 10-year-old. He's first year showing. He's going to show pigs. And they're like, hey, you used to show I pigs. Was at like, a far, same thing this week. And he was getting It was last week, actually, he was telling me about. And all the stuff they got to do with pigs now with tests and oh, yeah. well, all kinds. You know, which is good. But at the same time, when you're. Brand new to the, all that world. It's so they. Different. So th- what was funny about this, this was they ha- they had no idea. They're like they did the like the testing that you have to do for the fair. You have to have your pigs. They do a spit test or a rope test. They call where the pigs yeah. on a rope. Whatever. Anyway, but like the whole like brush them. I'm like, well, are you guys gonna clip them and get them fitted here? Are you gonna wash them? Are you gonna? And they're like, what? Wait. They're like, we do what? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I I would. I don't know. And they're like, ooh, like. I jumped in. They're like, can you go in the pen and like whatever? And the pigs just darted to the other corner. I'm oh, like, oh, no. <laughs> you haven't worked with these at all. No. But that, I mean, that's when you're 10, that's probably pretty much how it goes. So yeah, there's a I hope the kid has a blast. There. Yes. What's I hope funny the kid has is, a blast and does it next year. Is now seeing people like walking their pigs before the fair. Like I saw a girl the other day walking her pig. And if, at first, I'm like, that's a really big dog. Like, what is that? <laughs> What's going on? And then you get closer. Like, oh, oh no, that's a pig. So yeah, there are. The, there still are some that 
We're working hard. On the well, animals. yeah, there's yeah. lots of them who do it. I just, the first year, and they had no idea. Like, they were like, oh, you that. And I'm like, yep, that. Last year sent this meme to one of the show dads that I know, but oh. the, the um, I forget who these two guys even are. It's the Pope. Pope and then the guy the, from... from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, the meme though, where it's like this after before, and it's Fair. yeah, show dads before County Fair, and then show dads after County Fair. There, there was a during last night. I had to explain to my mother in law. It was show mom and ain't easy, and she's like, "What does that even oh mean?" My God. <laughs> like, oh, okay. show mom and ain't. You give a lady right. a cricket, and she'll do just about anything. <laughs> show like what? show mom and ain't easy. Like, yeah, no, it's it's like the dairy cattle version of dance moms. It's yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we don't have her, who's going to sit in the bleachers at 7 o'clock and drink martinis? I mean, what are we going to do without it's her? It's probably White Claws. White Claws, yeah. So are show moms like baseball moms where they don't have even their White Claws started. all day? Don't even get me started. <laughs> but yeah, that it's it's a whole different environment now, I think, than what we even remember. I, I don't know that there's as much... Because there's not as many animals. Well, the, the, the amount, and there's like a whole bunch of goats now, yeah. and that wasn't even really a thing. And now half of the dairy barn, three quarters of the dairy barn is goat. So like the other thing that's is, changed a lot sheep, too. Yeah. Yes, you guys yes, showed yeah. basically all dairy, right? I mean, pretty no, much. I, Bill we and I, steers. yeah, we showed. I actually sheep for a while. Quit yeah. dairy by the end and just did steers. I I just enjoyed the. The I, chaos of that more, just, whereas like if your heifer got he a little, the, the thrill of almost getting trampled uh, every year, yeah, because somebody with an untrained steer would just let go. I, of that they, I still can like remember that coming around, yeah, like running of the bull style coming yeah. around, and then one dad jumped in front of it, which was not the right idea. Um, but yeah, I just it, see it the the, the dairy showing seems like so calm and just like oh yeah. whatever, like. Yeah, we'll bring her back to the farm when we're done with this, and she'll go back in the barn. And the pigs and the steers, especially, I noticed that's like there's fans blowing to grow hair, and they're gluing, and they're doing this, and they're doing that, and it's so like it's like these animals are going on Broadway. Um, they got to be pretty. I, no, the the dairy side now, I'd say the prep is definitely there's oh yeah, there's lots of doing, prep to it. I'm not saying there's, but it's just but a different. The, it's in, a different like to me in the ring. The show mom thing. That's not for a dairy. That's not her no. kid is not showing dairy. Her kid is showing a, a steer or a pig. I would be willing to bet a paycheck uh, on it. There's some dairy moms out there. I'll guarantee <laughs> you. <laughs> you just know. don't know, Max. You yes, have, you but I never showed dairy. You in that, yes, you but were. But you are right, Max. Like just the black, vibe. It's a the, different the chaos. Vibe of a the dairy super glue, show. the black magic. There is a lot of stuff. It's going a different on. chaos to me. I don't know. It's they're both plenty chaotic. I, I the girl a couple years ago was showing a goat, and the goat like reared up and kicked her in the face in the ring, and then just took off down the midway. <laughs> I was like, what just happened? <laughs> that was the fun thing with going from dairy to sheep. Like sheep, you basically just put them in a headlock. There's no halters. You're just like holding the sheep. Yeah, sheep, you're basically like wrestling. Yeah, literally. And yeah. And you, and I always, the first time I I showed sheep, I got a little bit of enjoyment out of the fact that, like, oh, what what should I use? Like, what kind of soap to do a sheep? Woolite, duh. Oh, oh man. Like, yeah. You Did it work? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pour a little woolite on the old uh, wool coat there, and good to clean go. them up. But you're right, Max. The the just the vibe of a dairy show is completely different than a beef or a pig show. Like, yeah, I don't I don't know exactly how to explain it, but to, to me, they're a little the chaos. It's a different chaos. They allow more chaos. Like in a dairy show, there's no well, chaos. Like, like if it's it, chaos, you lose. If if you're dairy yeah, that's after, true. Like it all 
Yeah. Even like jumped a little. Yeah. It was like, oh my God. Because like, I had. Yeah, you'd see kids yeah. crying because, yeah, you know, they're. they're or or just jumped like, on. Oh, I, like they could be perfectly down, tame oh, and also they come worst. in and, yeah, sniff the heat of another one or something and they just yeah. go nuts. Because I had a cow do that to me, like rear, like go up on her back legs and. I don't know if somebody in the like audience spooked, but they're like knocked me down, and like the whole crowd was like, oh, gasping. <laughs> and I don't know who it was. I think Dad remembers a Van Camp or something was walking by and grabbed the halter. Otherwise, she would have came down on me. Really? Yeah. Like, and I was probably sixteen. It wasn't like I was ten, but it was. But if that happened in the beef show, it'd be like, yeah, that's eh, not, that's whatever. every class, right? That's every yeah, class. Like, like they, every... someone's doing something. Yeah, the pigs are the pigs are the ones that like because half the people walk them and they get in the ring and they can walk and keep them contained, and the other half it's just you a- let that pig in the ring and that sucker is gone. <laughs> and though that's where I think that's maybe where I think of the most chaos is because that is wild. Like some of those pigs, they get in there and they get the like a do- when your dog gets the zoomies, they get the zoomies and they're throwing shavings and they're running into people and they're. I saw one take out the judge once and I remember being like, "Oh, I guaranteed that one's getting penned pretty quick." So yeah, they're but it's fun. I love going it's fun, to it. Yeah. See on the beef and pig and sheep side, then you know that they're gonna be a meal soon. Yes. Whereas the dairy cow is going back. Yeah. Like that is that one's not she's, going, she's going, going anywhere unless she doesn't. I always hated the fight to get to the milk parlor though. Like to oh, get a yeah. milk, yeah. like the fight of that chaos. We didn't really take a lot of cows, so it wasn't huge. But the couple of years I did, it was like this sucks. Yeah, I think I'm only once or twice today. Have a that was always the best. So getting cow. that milk check from yeah, the, <laughs> like the week's worth of milk. Right. Because I remember I didn't realize that was a thing, and then all of a sudden you got like a bigger premium, you know, or like yeah. a bigger check. Like, <laughs> what's that about? You're like oh, milk. I'm like really, you get paid for milk, which makes. What would, what would a milk check be for the well, fair? For the like, I don't know. I don't remember. I, I, for was, two cows for no, a week it was, or whatever. You know what I mean? I I was like thirty dollars or something, but I I don't remember it all. Yeah, it was it yeah, was enough to be say, like yeah twenty five. Yeah, yeah, it was enough to be like cool, but at the same time, yeah. especially because premiums like, were like a dollar, yeah, four dollars. Like I don't well, know, do they well, even do? And premiums that is now? one thing that doesn't change. Yeah, they're still like they a couple bucks. No, yeah. they're they're three fifty or four for first rate. Depends on yeah, the it depends categories. on some of the stuff. They're they're a lot like of you them, say it's not like no, you're nothing's making, over like five. No, you're not yet. making. Yes, you're not. Yeah. The amount you invest in these projects, you're not making your money back like, necessarily. Don't get me wrong. Last Maybe. year with three uh, projects, my son's check was like seven bucks. He was super excited yeah. to get seven bucks, right. but it's not much. Maybe that's the difference is in the dairy show. Most of those animals are going to go back on the farm, and you can get production out of them after that day, where the steer and the pig show, like if that sucker doesn't look good in the ring, that's pretty much game over. Like it's not coming home, so. Right. Well, I mean, very few of them are coming home, and the ones that are are only coming home for about a day, and then they're going yeah. somewhere. For a while, there, the, none of the pigs went home. Yeah, yeah those termination shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I showed during those years. That was. Yeah. Yep. We could have a whole fair episode. We could. Yeah. yeah. We could. But we should probably get into our topic yes. for today. I do like the fair. <laughs> All right, so. It's kind of another mixed bag of things we're seeing out in the field. So what do you got first, Bill? Yeah, just again, um, stuff's going on. I guess just wanted to talk through some things and uh, kind of hash it out a little bit. Uh, first one, I was reading an article earlier this week about fungicide and what do we do with fungicide in a drought and got me thinking like, 
we're still planning. You know, the ale guys are still going. I was in Iowa last week, and yeah, by the way, the corn looks really good there. <laughs> like, Great. really no, good. <laughs> like, really, really good. No, you look at USDA's reports, and they're bumping. Yeah, slowly like, bumping. Does it does it look Probably really not. good, or are you so used to looking at bad corn that it? <laughs> no, it looks like. Every plant is exactly the same height. I swear, though, in Iowa, like on along every interstate, the corn always looks way better. Maybe. They do the field of dreams I, I, thing I where they got the. How, but, but I will say, but we I did go to the field to of dreams, Todd, and you got to wow. get off. You know, you go right, in the picker. Okay, so you're going through stuff. We went yeah, through the picker. That's what I'm saying. Is like, when you go drive the interstate, you're like, oh my God, this is the best the, corn ever. The, and then you get off, you're like, okay. Those are actually just billboards. Yeah, right. Like it's like it's some sort of facade. Yeah. Yeah, mirrors. They just got it's a it's a mirror thing. No, I was talking to somebody at a field day too. And they said North Dakota right now it looks awesome, and Western Minnesota. So there's areas that have been. Have I think North really Dakota areas. that corn is like still living off that snow they got. Yeah, probably. April. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's unbelievable what they're doing. They've gotten, but that Western Minnesota and North they've North Dakota, rain. they've gotten a couple yeah. nice rain. They've yeah. actually, they've actually, you've watched it, and it's like. Hey, it's in the Dakotas right now in Western Minnesota, and when it gets here, we're finally going to bust our drought. That happened and last it, night, and it just like, stops right there. And you're like, hmm, "What the what? heck?" I went to bed looking at the radar, going, "Oh, we're going to get something," and woke up to two hundred. And where was it? Right on the border of Minnesota and North Dakota. Yeah, it was west of Wausau, but oh, okay. I mean, it was still. In our, the reason I bring up Iowa corn is because they were spraying, like the planes were going everywhere, and. My family's like, "Wow, that's pretty cool," because like they swooped like right, you know. We were yeah, just, you're. We were oh. driving through rural uh, Iowa, and they're just swooping right uh, in front of us. On Tuesday, I had one of the interns with me, and he had never seen a, a crop crop duster before. Sure. And they swooped over top of us, and, like, you know how close they get, and yeah. they were spraying the field right there. So, I mean, he was felt like he was going to land on top of the truck, and he was, like, the kid, like, ducked. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I ain't going to help you. But, yeah, he was like, man, they get really close. And I'm like, yeah, just yeah, imagine yeah. what it's like a, with a potato field. Yeah, they're even lower oh, yeah. <laughs> by the potato field. Yeah, flying underneath the pivot. Yeah, yeah. So the question I guess I'm going to pose to you guys and chat about here is like, are we spraying fungicide? Like it's drier and heck right now. Are we going to do it? We got white mold issues. We always worry about plant health on soybeans. We grow a ton of BMR corn. You know, most of us, our guys are doing it. The article said don't do it, but it it was more so like for prophylactic, like plant health type, like. I, Don't I think do that because that you're going to breed you're going to breed resistance. Basically, was the article. Yeah, but this is the ultimate year to scout to to know your varieties to to go case by case BMR. That you know, even David Smith at the UW still says you should spray your BMR. Right. Yeah. Okay. So and and Damon's been a great tool on this. He's also got the Tar Spotter app that that is another good tool to help us predict if we'll have Tar Spot, and then you can also scout for it. In the corn side, I mean, a lot of those, what I told a lot of my guys, if you haven't done fungicide in the past, this isn't the year to jump no, into it. Right, no, right. Like, this isn't the year to go like, oh, well, let's do that this year. No, just you'll probably be okay. If you haven't had a problem in the past, you'd probably be okay. So I think that one's an interesting one. And then even the beans, I think that's a, a 30-inch rose. We're going to be, who like, if you look at that, you you sort of need canopy to get white mold. right. And a lot of those beans, like, will they ever canopy? They're getting closer and all that. But that one, too, gets a little bit more tricky. You've got 15 inch beans that aren't canopied. Right. Right. I've drilled beans that aren't canopied. So (laughs) you got a problem. No. But but those are all realistic considerations in this. 
in this thing is is case by case scout look for for what you have out there and then and is and it history for, too like oh 100 percent, yeah right we got i got a farm todd and i kind of worked together with the sprayer guy and he decided okay i got two fields that are always banned in white mold we get 20 bushel we lose 30 every year 30 40 bushel we're gonna spray these two fields for white mold the other two i'm gonna let go and we'll see what happens um i i one of the things i'm doing well bmr corn is like a that's kind of one of those ones that well, you almost can't skip and we know that bmr corn takes zero stress right 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 and we're in the like in a right. super stressful year, so let's do something to the, reduce that stress. The two other um, things that I'm kind of working with and using to help make some decisions is um, I've had a decent amount of hail down south. Um, some of that hail damage stuff, I think it's probably going to pay pay for it to yep. do it there. And then the other thing is pivots. So, like, one farm, they have about 50% of their acres are under pivot. And I said, well, you know, those acres have stayed plenty moist and they're canopied and they're going to continue to be moist so let's maybe do those acres but the stuff on the top of the hill across the road with no pivot on it it's probably we're probably not going to get our money back out of that so um i you you hit on the head with pivots i that's a good one to bring up because you keep that canopy wetter longer right yep and so that one's a big one the other thing that goes into that this year is the amount of dues we have gotten so we already talked about the sort of lack of rainfall but in general do like we haven't had many heavy dues right till very recent like so that's what i was going to caveat to is like they are starting to be heavier dues so that could breed a little bit more but it's most of these dues are burned off like i remember years ago you're wearing rain pants till noon noon, and this it's been nine Nine. you could i could peel them off i've only put my rain pants on like three times all summer no even some of our summer scouts don't some of us get up a little bit earlier in the morning (laughs) (laughs) big eye roll there max (laughs) I've also just been wet a couple of times. I've been like, it's, right. no, it's, you're dry in an well, hour. It has been, yeah, dry enough or not as wet. So, you, yeah. Yeah. Nope. It's definitely been, it's definitely been, uh, <laughs> been different this year. So some of the rules still apply even in a drier year, right? Some of those issues we've been talking about still apply. But at the same point, we're not recommending just do it, right? Like, right. And maybe some other years. One of the ways I had somebody explain it to me, and I don't know if this is exactly right, but I I understood what the the point was. You know, fungicide isn't isn't a it doesn't build yield; it protects a percentage. Well, if you're starting with a lower number to begin with, your percentages it's going to be a lot harder to make that work, mm-hmm. right? Ten percent of two hundred and ten percent of one fifty are way different numbers, and I was like, that that's actually a relatively decent way to conceptualize this because the price doesn't change. Correct. The price is the same if your yield potential is 100% as it is if it's 50%. Right. So because we've already taken some of that per, that potential away, your numbers don't quite work as well as they normally would. But yeah, Bill, I think you hit it on the head too with the idea of are we just going to build resistance by doing it automatically versus knowing when to use it and that this is the year where it's probably okay to, in some instances, not to do it to avoid having those issues it's like spraying a field for two weeds you know if it's that's what scouting's for determining what what's out there and what's needed and not overusing technologies we need weed soft todd oh that was the best yeah <laughs> you guys ever use weed yeah. soft yeah nope it's like you put as uw made this program no, it was nebraska nebraska, nebraska? Yeah. yeah you put in like 
excuse me, how many patches of weeds and how thick they were, cost of the chemicals, and it would tell you if it would. It was every 100 square feet, I think. Was yeah, the yeah. Measurement it would like, you tell used. you the yield loss you'd have from those weeds. Was and it accurate, you think? The, when I talked to the weed soft people like recently, the reason that they got rid of it is because it was, I think when it started it was accurate, but it they weren't able to kind of keep, they didn't have money there to keep building on the model. Sure. So, water hemp was not yeah, a no, when that was. Water right. hemp and water hemp wasn't a problem. Yeah. Right. Well, it probably doesn't account, like, just general yield is up so much that well, it skews the data that way too, it, right? Your your yield average that it's working with is probably. Right. What I like, it took into account a lot, a corn stage, but, like, basically you needed, like, after about V6 corn, you needed a whole lot of weeds to spray, basically, because the corn could kind of get well, past Lucky them. for us, we and have so, some of those at V6 yeah. this year. I didn't mean to go on a tangent, but I just thought, like, weed saw, fun, like a fungicide right. thing well, like that that's would what be, tar spotter is. Yeah, true. And for white mold, it's um, spore caster. Spore caster, yeah. So, and I do think those are both good tools, especially right now. Let's be real with tar spot. Is We had tar spot last year, but it came on later. It was, like, yeah. mid to late August wasn't as big a deal so we're still in that heart of this could be a big problem but say we get past that early august it's like guys just this is okay like we made it past the real critical time and i still think that's important to think about that if if we can make it to early august with very little disease you'll be fine you know you'll you'll your corn will make it and do okay guys you got you got got me thinking about this now todd do you guys i got this question a lot this week actually are we going to be ahead or behind of normal silage? 100% behind, for sure. I, I I am convinced of that. How much tassel corn do you have? Yes. Z- zero. Right. 40, and, 45 days from tassel no, that's, is typical but, silage. Well, so that's what I'm saying is I'm hearing from some of these guys. They're like, oh, we're two weeks ahead for sure. And I'm like, the wheat, we're two we, weeks behind. Say, and wheat generally, as the wheat goes, the corn goes, right? Yeah. We talked about that. I wouldn't say wheat's initially behind, but we thought wheat was ahead and it wasn't. Yeah, right. it was. Yeah, I that's should. what a better way to say it is. And I think the corn is even more deceiving because it's got that ten to fifty percent late emerging stuff mixed in there yet, like kind of this mysterious, like what is that stuff going to do? I'm and gonna, that's going to hold gonna moisture. Silas dry on time. Uh, hey, Mark, Mark, don't do it. Mark, Just tell ta- me we're not no, going to do no, it. No, what I'm going to tell you is like mark tassel dates this week. Yeah. Mark them all down. It's going to be huge to know tassel dates. So, like, it's going to be big, like knowing when that field, because you're going to have, you know, even within a farm, you're going to have probably two weeks long of tassel dates, you know, between separate fields. And then even within that field, it's going to be different. So, I think if we have that date, that's going to make dry downs way easier to go, like, what is going on with this data? And you go, oh, yeah, that one tasseled differently or had. This much different. I, 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 and even tasseling, what I'm seeing right now is being weird. Is we're seeing some like where the five percent refuge is all tasseled out, and the rest of the corn's not. Like, sure. So it's <laughs> it's the only tassels I've seen are sweet corn so far. True. I and maybe I should. I this has been my soapboxes. I was on um, PDPW's Dairy Signal with Doctor Gazer yesterday, and Shameless that self plug. Yes. No. That Shameless. and that seemed to be where the tassel date thing was a bit like that ended up being I didn't think like we started talking about it and then I realized like that's a huge part to know right now because yeah. you can most of the time you can even see it from the road pretty good and then we're taking our drone up just up looking for tassels and that kind of thing and I, I think that's gonna because you're right I'm I'm nervous for dry downs is gonna be 
I already get weird at dry down time with trying to get that. Yeah, right. remember Todd's mental breakdown last year yeah. during dry downs? <laughs> I, and yeah, last year. And last there, year was wild with Todd. Well, because because <laughs> let's be real with the like you got custom guys to start. They want such a specific number. Yeah, I, I this year's it's gonna be tough for this year for yeah. the custom guy is here for a day to do these small farms and they're going to have corn all, all over the place. Right. Yep. Right. This is not the either yes to be try to get it all in one block. You're going to have stuff way too wet, way too dry. Yep. So it's going to add cost to harvest. It's going to add cost, mycotoxin problems. It's yep. going to have, yeah, just a gamut of stuff. So anyway, I, I don't want to get, I'm down that rabbit hole and you started me, but the tassel date thing, I think, could be a critical part because you're right, Bill. I think dry downs are going to be. But tough. when I was just when you got started talking about when we see these diseases and how important they are to where they fit in our in our like maturity, right? If you have tar spot at tassel versus tar spot three weeks after tassel, those are completely different effects on the plant. So that's like that's why how we got down this rabbit hole was where do you and so does that mean our disease window is pushed two weeks back when we panic? I don't want to say panic, but what is makes us more nervous versus less nervous that probably also gets pushed back so we probably have it's going to be take it we're going to need to see it later to be less concerned about it that's a good point it's probably late august before we're out of the last year by august 15th we were pretty much like all right we're you know if we get it now yeah we don't want it but we'll be okay we're you know this year it's probably two weeks later than that well, if the long-term forecast stays dry like it is now, we may not have as, as big of a disease True. impact this year, but that can change very quickly. I mean, it uh, it takes a couple of good hard rains, and all of a sudden we could be set up for some really good disease conditions. So, Soybean aphids, anyone? A little bit. Anyone? Not we- a lot. Weirdly, and I wouldn't even call them hot spots. They're almost like... Field spots? Well, like no, just but like fields, fields that, that is just like holy man, they're just yeah. a thousand, and yeah. and there and there's certain like Shano County's got it worse than other counties, and I I don't know that I have any proof of this, so I will just put it out there. But if I've got a bean field close to an alfalfa field, no, or like in the area there's alfalfa because we had so many P aphids and the lady beetles were in those on second cut, like all my my soybeans there are okay but we're you're more like corn bean less alfalfa areas like the soybean there's there's still some beneficials but not as many and they took longer it it took longer for them to get like up to the level right where they need i so it's all over the board and i really think you got to watch beneficials this year hard like yeah they're they've been they're, everywhere and and in bean the few bean fields i've seen with aphids they are very present yes in those we had a field we looked at last week and it probably had 1500 or more per plant but it had like legitimately three to four beetles, beetles per yeah. plant too and i went back there yesterday thinking because we were going to spray and the weather just whatever and it just didn't work out and i'm like okay i'm gonna go today if they're still there we're gonna spray the beetles were still there, but I couldn't find. Yeah, the aphids. Were, the aphids were gone. I I did a little education last week with one of the farms about that, and I took them out to a field and I showed them, and I said, last week I this was on like a wa- priority watch list. Like, hey, we're gonna sweep this one more time, but it's getting really close to threshold. But there's beneficial, so I don't want to be early on the trigger. And when we went back last week, I took them out in the field with us, and I swept a hundred sweeps, and there was three aphids, and there was probably. 25 30 larvae and another 25 or 30 beetles and 100 sweeps and you're like 
holy smokes, you got the beneficials. So, and it was, you could tell it took the aphids from almost spraying to almost non-existent. So it was pretty, that's pretty cool to see, let, see nature do its thing, you know? Yeah, they can really pound the aphids. Was it 50, is it 30 or 50? I can't ever remember how many ba- that uh, many a, a, no, beetle a day. Yeah. No, I thought it was three to five or something. No, that's way low. Uh, lady beetle aphid. Lady, it's got to be a lady. Ladybugs are capable of consuming 50 to 60 aphids yeah, okay, per day. Yeah. Per day. Yeah, Told you. It's good. Well, and I mean, you're right. If you got three lady beetles, how are they going to eat a thousand? Right. Yeah, so, good point. Larvae, including. No, it's a lot. They also eat leaf hoppers and mites. Yes, they eat a lot of things. But they really like aphids. That's their that's their jam. That's the uh, that's the filet mignon to a lady beetle. And I think even the the <laughs> amount of larvae that are out there, it's like that population is only going to keep up because I well, I've been seeing the mix. Like there's a lot of beetles, but yeah. there's also a lot of larvae. Well, yeah, always I had one field that we ended up actually having to spray, but the problem there was it had a lot of the larvae converted to the beetle form. So like, it was like in the in between where there was none. The, the best, you know, they all converted at the same. So I had to have like a lot of larvae, and then yeah, the soybean aphid just went not like it was like like in the like five thousand. Was a plant. it to the point of like the beans look stunted? Yeah, yeah. I, that's yeah. What the so one field I sprayed that and that's that that field looks great now. Like it just once we uh, got rid of the aphid, yeah, like it rebounded. When and, they're bad, it's weird how like the beans look fuzzy. Well, or and you, then you look at it, you're like, oh, no, that's It almost just looked like aphids. dicamba injury. Yeah, I've been into it. were crinkled and... Like, you just tell, like, your jeans get, yes. like, that, like, the sap all over yeah. them. So you, when you walk out, you feel like they were on the clothesline <laughs> and just, like, that kind of crusty feel. Yes. And you're just like, I know okay, that. this I is... I know that, Todd. That's, yeah. Yeah. I think I'd put my rain pants on if I was going yeah. into a field that <laughs> I could see from the road look bad. I'd probably put my rain pants on. Yep. So I don't have to have... Never mind. I'm not going to finish that. So sentence. you don't have to crawl... Feel like you're crawling with aphids all day? Do we... I, I would say looking into the thresholds, Beneficials has a huge... You know, the old like 250 a plant and then the economic injury level is actually at 650. And um, there's Because a, of how fast they reproduce, right? It's at 250? Well, right. Yeah. Because of how fat, but the beneficial part in there was a huge like, like not to say it could be a thousands, and if you had enough beneficials, you'd be okay. But like you said, if it's thirty to fifty like that, I mean they're eating so many of these a day that watching that beneficial part, that's why it's not lower. And remember that um, the hefty boys got the lower threshold from a South Dakota state guy, and it was like, real, like a hundred, wasn't? No, it? it was like at R one, it was ten. Oh wow. And it's like R1 at 10. I mean, that's a lot. But you look into that guy's research and he eliminated all the beneficials because, and he's, and he's, I'm not saying he was wrong doing that because in his research he said you can't count on the beneficials. Sure. So he would eliminate all the beneficials in his research. So that's what all of a sudden compounded that into being like this really low number that wasn't really, I don't want to say like that's not a thing anymore. And yeah, that, that, yeah, South Dakota State, where that was at, has changed the threshold to be the 250 like everybody else. Sure. I do still think it's a little weird that the economics change a lot and it's still 250, but I think that just showed, like I said, the beneficial part is huge in that. If, if you have them, you're probably okay. If you don't, you might, you know, you better spray at 250 if you don't have any beneficials. Whereas if you have them, it's like, 
you could let it go a lot further. Well, with beans not being, I mean, uh, in some places they are, but being shorter and kind of not where we want right. them to be, the impact of a stunt to that plant is going to be that much more detrimental than if if they were waist high and which I don't have many waist high. I know, Bill, you said you got a couple fields. A couple, yeah. There's a pattern here in all the stuff we're talking about, guys, that I noticed this year, is that all our normal thresholds and trigger points, there's a sliding scale on those this year. Pretty drastic that we're making decisions a lot differently. All those thresholds and scales are set on normal growing conditions, I say with my air quotes, where this year we've had to kind of skew it one way or the other to be more aggressive or less aggressive because it just doesn't does or doesn't make sense. Right, like you say, we can't afford a stunt on beans that are only ten inches tall right now. Right. At the same time, we can't afford fungicide on corn that's only three feet tall right now. So, like, it's a, it's a whole, yeah, yeah. There, there has to be a, a realistic management component to this of not just going by the book all the time. What do they, what do they say? BMPs, best management, best management pra- practices. Yep. That's why scouting's important. Yeah. Which, you know, Todd, you brought up alfalfa before, and. That's been other than that P aphid flush. A really, I've I haven't been finding a lot of bugs at all really this late in the season now. You get the proverbial like text message of a cutter bar like, oh my god, this is terrible. Yep. But it's rando stuff that isn't we stuff we don't worry about. Yeah, like I had this last week grasshoppers. Yep. Lots yeah, lots of little okay. grasshoppers. That was my biggest thing that I was finding in in sweeping alfalfa and there is no threshold. I, in I got a book on that one. Yeah. I got a text from a guy this week. He said, you know, my soybean field is all laid up since you were here last week. I said, okay, well, you know, what do you, you know, and he's like, oh, don't worry, I'll send you a picture of the bugs. And it was a picture of a flea beetle and a blister bug and soybeans. And I'm like, I, I don't know that those two together could even do enough damage to a soybean field to be economic. You know what I mean? So there's some, there's been some wild ones this year that you're just not used to seeing. Yeah. For me, it was interesting because I remember 2012, and that was like bugageddon in alfalfa fields. Yeah, but it's, we had like all this stuff that we never got. Before, but we didn't get snow May first either that year, right? We got, but you, we but got you're a, right, Matt. There was random stuff yeah. that year that hit us. Where this year, there's not been like like think of that. It's been the nor- like pea aphids is a little random, but soybean aphids not random. Rootworm beetles not random. It's all like yeah. kind of their normal. Players are back, not yep. something out of the... You mean the variegated cutworm <laughs> yeah. we had so bad in 2012 that we've never seen it really at all? Variegated when cutworm. T- Todd and I were taking a plot off and talking to the UW entomologist, like, what is this thing? Like, is this... Oh, yeah, it's variegated cutworm. I've never seen this in alfalfa. Like, yeah, that's not really normal. To the point where, like, seagulls were... Yep. Yeah. Yep, a lot you, of birds. I, I guess... Well, we should note is if you listen to some of the guys like down south that live in those droughty areas to begin with, it sounds like they spray their alfalfa between every cutting and sometimes twice between cutting. So, you know, dry weather generally is an insect heaven, but and they that's probably where all that crazy stuff comes from is it just migrates north as it stays dry. But we haven't had or we've had very little, haven't had much for leafhopper. No, I've seen no. a couple. I, they're they're around in but they're never, I mean, they're always like 20% of threshold. Yeah. You know, they're not, and, and it, it never even, usually you get like a blip where you're like, oh, okay, we're up to half or three-quarter threshold or something like that. And they're, it's just like 20% of threshold next week you sweep. 
20 percent of the threshold. threshold makes it, you know training scouts hard when you have a hard time finding yeah yes. <laughs> trying to show them bugs, well, even, bugs. Yeah, like, okay, this is a terrible bug well, yeah. usually you even find like a field with all the nymphs heavy in it you yep. know where you're like oh man and i have not seen that no, this I, year either, I, so that part of it i haven't me. even had one that made me nervous to come back the next week you know when you get yeah. those where you're like ah they're getting there and then you know the next week you're like oh never mind i haven't even had that but generally if we find that those big storms that blow up down south and work their way north is how we get them, it seems like. And I, that, Considering this, we haven't had any rain, it's right. pretty hard to well, have a big storm from down south. And even the rains that have been coming are more coming out of the north and They're ran, the north and, and west. They're not coming from the at all, even a little bit from the south. So that part of it actually makes a lot of sense. You know, randomly just, generated no. storms. Yes. C- yeah. CGI storms. They're, they're just on the radar. They're not real. Darn chat GPT bringing up all these storms. Yeah. Are you guys going to put fall seedings in after wheat? Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to yeah. stay hot and dry or is it going to rain? I, I, just, it's, I think I'm going to, and I don't know how I feel about that. What amazes me is some of these spring seedings where you had, like the later planted spring alfalfa seedings, you had some of that early parts come, and, and then the late stuff still came. Yeah. It still looks okay, which yeah. shocked me with not a lot of rain. That I don't, I don't see why you got to get away from... You know, you really just need two, two, well, three timely rains. Yeah, and I'm just like, how do you? Wheat's coming off now, right? And the guys are thinking about it, and are, is it going to get manure? Because that's another thing yes. too. You're yeah, having that extra moisture that yep. will help get yes. the manure down. Get it. Yeah, here was the conversation for me on three or four different farms. It was all the same conversation. Well, we sh- we we're not gonna, you know, if we don't put alfalfa in, we're gonna put something else in, you know peas and oats or whatever and they're like well we don't have storage for that we don't have a place to put that we don't have a place to use that especially if it's so, small acres right like if you got 50 acres of wheat where you like and you have a thousand cows where are you gonna put a 50 acre pile of peas and oats sure. that's not in the way for six months right and so then it's like well so then our option is either leave it fallow or plant alfalfa and pray for rain you're gonna plant alfalfa i mean you're going to so this came up at field day I was at yesterday, and the discussion kind of went in the direction of, okay, if you're not going to do a forage because you don't have storage or you don't need the feed, do you do a cover crop and then try to frost seed? And it's like, well, frost seeding's pretty hit or miss, and alfalfa is very low on the success rate for frost seeding. Like, yep, yeah. there's other things that work a lot better. So if it's, you know, it comes down to your decision-making, like you guys are, were just saying, it's can you fit it? In some other type of forage, like we talked about last week, if not, then yeah, maybe give it a shot. And I don't. It's the hardest part of years like this where rain's so inconsistent. I've had typical years where it's been hard to get that late seeded alfalfa going if if you miss the timing on the rains yeah. in a in a typical year, let alone a drought year like this. So it's it's. It's a risk reward scenario that there's no the odds are more unknown, I think, this year than in past years. Here was the other conversation that came up was one way or the other, this field we want it to be alfalfa by June first next year. Right. So if we plant it and it doesn't grow, yeah, it really sucks. We'll get we can get replant and next spring it's ready for you to go again and you can try and get on it super early and get alfalfa in there. So that was that was also part of the decision too, where if you put in a six-way cover crop mix, it might get pretty difficult to no-till alfalfa into there next spring. So right. 
you know, you're you're kind of set. And, and plus, if it is successful this year, you got a really good stand next year where you're getting yield right away. At, and at, that, that's where I think I do a yeah a non overwintering cover crop rather than doing a yeah a heavy one or at least very light on the overwintering side. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because you you can plan for that. Because the hard part is there's no insurance on fall seeded alfalfa. You know I think we're all saying because we don't know. I, yeah, they're usually free. I didn't mean, tell me it was free. So. Yeah, free re, free sure. replant from the seed companies. But I mean, yeah. as far as like knowing when when it's going to come, how it's going to look. Oh yeah, I right that yeah it, that way. Let's be real with success rate and alfalfa. Like spring seeded fairly early is still our highest success. Yeah. yeah. Then, like you say, it probably goes to some sort of in the fall type of seeding. Especially if you give it enough time, and we do get timely rains, it's. But but you're still it's just Mother Nature decides we don't right. decide that so and then I would agree frost seeding's not usually a good idea and then late spring that's the other part like you get pushed to late spring and I'd rather have a fall seeded than too late in the spring you just right. you just can't make up that time and it just is droughty looking and tough so it's all knowing your fields and maybe you do a little of both you know in general you're probably going to have some wheat fields coming off now. Put some in now. Had your spread out your risk and plant your other ones in the spring. We you also in in all reality can say, you know, right now there's no rain in the forecast for the next seven days, so you don't have to rush out there and do it. We got till August tenth, fifteenth, depending on where you are. Yeah, if the weather pattern looks like it might switch a little bit, or even you can put it in on Monday because there's an inch of rain on Tuesday and an inch of rain on Thursday projected. Well. You know that two inches is probably enough to get you going, get you, get get you moving. So you can just try and time it effectively. Which good luck because the weather <laughs> forecast has been pretty pretty erratic. Pretty but spotty, still, it, yeah. you know it's something. You know, but yeah, it's it's all kind of what you're what you need and what what you can handle in making that decision. As far as do I need the alfalfa there, or can I? Can I wait until spring? And for some guys, they won't be able to, but. Yep. What else you got first, Bill? Um, when is this corn? I mean, this oh. late emerging corn is just going to tassel short, right? I mean, we're gonna. It's have, gonna be shorter, but I don't. Some of that's still gonna gotta, catch up, right? Uh, no, no. That's the big question. Is like, like what's how, this going to look like? Yep, it's going to be shorter. Like, how many ta- how many tassels have you guys pulled and checked at this point to see how far how many well, leaves? I, we I have mean, left? we got a lot that are two to five. Yeah. I what mean, what I noticed this week is stuff that I thought would be like should be like right there, like, and I'm going and pulling these tassels, and I'm like, no, we still got four or five leaves. Like, it might not be as short as we think. All said and done, so I I did notice that this week, pretty like. Which made me feel good that we got some time. And now that also means we're not going to tassel till the 15th or 20th of August, which I don't love that. But still, I guess I'd rather have eight foot tall corn that tassels late than four foot tall corn that tassels early. Yeah, it's still going to be something. For silage side, it's the grain side that it's really it could good. be more of a problem. Yeah. Even on silage, it's going to be slightly a problem with, with just in general with dry down and stuff. But it'll mix in and it'll be okay. And I I think it the corn in general is shorter. So and then this stuff when you're competing it's just gonna try to grow taller. Right. right. 
So I think it's gotten taller than I thought it would because even some of them where I know we had it, it's some fields you it's really apparent yet, but there's some where it's kind of mixed in and you can't really tell that it emerged three weeks later. But where it was like six weeks later, holy man, it's oh yeah, different. those are those are those are those are tiny and it's, yeah, it all depends how big of an area it was too. If it was yeah. one plant and well, it, those are just goners anyway. Yeah. They're so thin and yeah, but. Yeah, if it's sections, then then it hopefully will amount to something a little bit more. But, yeah, so there you go. That's how things are going out in the field right now. So let's move into our spotlight for today. So a genetic defect discovered in Holsteins. Starting in 2020, reports of Holstein cabs... Unable to stand at birth or shortly after, had veterinarians puzzled. Researchers at Pennsylvania State University began learning of affected calves at different dairy farms in New York, Florida, and Pennsylvania. Those cases were followed by rigorous diagnostic testing. The researchers have since determined that calf recumbency, now referred to as early-onset muscle weakness syndrome, is a genetic defect. So now, fast forward to this year, genetic tests capable of screening for the mutation are being made available to the dairy industry, and most bull studs have been t- have tested their animals, making results available to dairy producers. So the issue is not necessarily solved, but at least there's indicators that you can look at to reduce your likelihood of getting this particular defect. And it's not like there's a lot of Holstein cattle out there, you know. <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> just just a few. So the way this reads, this is like muscular dystrophy for Holsteins, pretty much? Yeah, kind of, I guess. It's, like, yeah, they just don't... The muscles aren't developing properly, and they don't, don't want to stand. It does say there's a lot of other reasons they may not be standing at birth. You right. know, there's... Just things that... So difficult birth is one, yeah. Yeah. In vitro or embryo transfers have extreme birth weights, so that can mean that they're born premature or not fully developed. Bovine viral diarrhea could cause it. Infections in utero and metabolic deficiencies such as selenium, so... Something they deal with a lot in Michigan because Michigan they don't have a lot of selenium. I've seen that on my good Was friend Doctor Dr. Dr. Pole. Pole. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that always sticks with me, but it's just, I found it always the fascinating. In, that, the incredible Doctor Pole that Michigan's just naturally deficient in the soil of selenium, selenium, so they have to give injections to a lot of cattle. For, for they they didn't call it they called it something I can't remember what what the term he used for it was, but that show something else. <laughs> Yeah, we're not as we don't watch as much of it anymore. My my son went through a phase of like he loved that show, and we watched a lot of episodes. Yeah. All right, now let's move into our egg history minute. All right, since it's fair week here in Outagamie County, we decided to go a little in depth. And so this is right from Outagamie County Fair's website. The first Outagamie County Fair was held in Seymour in 1885 and was a place for local farmers to showcase their cattle and crops. 
By the 1960s, big name entertainment was the main draw as Roger Miller and Frank Sinatra performed in front of a packed grandstand. The list of entertainers over the decades has included the Osmonds, George Jones, Willie Nelson, but the Fair Association has never lost sight of their mission. The mission is to provide a place for youth of Outagamie County to showcase their skills in raising and showing animals, crafts, crops, and products. Times are changing, but the future for Outagamie County Fair is not in doubt. In fact, the future is bright. Each year builds on great tradition, and the board continues to look for top talent for family entertainment, and the fair generates thousands of entries to be judged from youth and adults. So if you get a chance, come on down. They'll be going through the weekend here. Got some tractor pulls tonight, and then I think it's... De- demo dermies are always on Sunday. Demos on Sunday with Rohan's, like where he jumps cars and stuff on Sunday. Yeah, what do they call the demos? Rohan's redneck uh, racers. No. Yeah, is it something like yeah, that. Something like I think it's regalia. Redneck <laughs> regalia. <laughs> yeah, I think that's regalia. the word. Ro- there's a rodeo this year, right? Friday night, Saturday night, Saturday night. Saturday night. I think it's rodeo. Yep. And I was trying to think what Friday night was. Races. The races. Oh, races. That's like, right. The yeah, they're, races they're well. It's, yeah. It's not regular. They're bringing in, but that's the regular race night. I should correct. Say. Yeah. Friday. Yeah. So they're, but they're bringing in like a louder, faster. Correct. Races. Friday night is race night at the fairgrounds. <laughs> Max will not be sleeping yes. that night. My kids I, have asked week, us to like, Does the curfew go away for fair for the races? Ooh, I don't know if it's eleven. I, I, honestly, guys, I have not been. I've been home one Friday, I think, since I moved in during race season. Like I just go somewhere else on Friday night. For, I go somewhere else on Friday night. Like it just, it's not even though you can't sleep. You can't talk. You can't function in your house. Like, it's loud. So you just do something else, which is fine. We go up north or whatever. So our kids have asked us, like, can you turn the races down? <laughs> or like, can you? Yeah. And, yeah well, it's a weird noise too because it, depending on the way the wind blows, for us, if, if it's blowing other the just it's like they're in our backyard. For you, it's literally in your backyard. But <laughs> the, the other part, like, because... It's not a constant rumble, so it's a weird where it like lulls well, you. Well, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, like rrr, 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 I, yeah. I will say what's funny is you say like, oh, depending on the wind. Yeah, it does not depend on the wind yeah, at my yeah. house. I can hear it no matter what. I bet you you can almost feel the vibration. I can. The on the, vibration. There, yeah, is, like, there is something to the wind like on the right nights. It's louder, but you can hear them every night. Does it, does it feel different based on class, like the late models? Yeah. Are oh, a little yeah. More you can tell when they run the, like when, and like the Friday night, some of the guys they're going to bring in, they're going to bring some bigger cars in. So standard night in Seymour, they, they run a lot of four bangers. When they run those big six and eight cylinder cars, that's a whole different, that's loud. Yeah. But like I can tell last night I went out on my porch and I was letting the dogs out right before I went to bed, and I like put my hand down on the railing, and it's all dust. So I could tell last night the fair it must have been dusty at the tractor pulls tractor because all the dust was on my house. Little, yeah. yeah, there's probably a little less dust today because we did get a little bit of rain overnight. That would help you, right? Yeah, it's it's still pretty dry. So I, I am sad with the state of affairs that they can't get any um, singing acts anymore. Like you just they've can't. got they've got like glam bands there, but it's on this they have the main stage. It's like a separate stage yeah. that you just walk around and you can see. It, but there, it does feel that whole deal is just hard. Like you like, wish they could bring like in. Like you're some, around that twenty years and like oh, you're Tim you McGraw. Had, yeah, like had, thirty years you had. Yeah, like they yeah. weren't there yet, but like to say that Tim McGraw was at your county fair. Like, yeah, Tim McGraw, Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton. We had a lot of. Toby Keith, like, do you know what act blew me away was? They brought Charlie Barron's in three years ago, probably, and that I wouldn't say the grandstand was packed, but it was 
It was re- the fullest I've seen it in 20 years. And it was awesome. Like, you wouldn't think a comedian could, like... I mean, that's hard to command that crowd, but he obviously he can sort of do that. Well, you can really so only do... you need do, the right person for that, but, like... I see. You can really only do a couple comedians. Because, right. like, you can't have Tom can't Segura at the grandstand. No, right. Right. It's got to be somewhat, like, PG-13, not rated right. R. So it's... It's so that that one blew me away because I'm like I just wanted to go to see if this would work right. and it it worked it was cool but I'm trying yeah, to think like, who the last music act was even that was there no it's been a, Theory of a Dead Man like theory, four or five years yeah, ago uh, Theory and they did George Thurgood and the Destroyers what was the one was it Incubus or? Incubus King. Hailstorm That's been a while yeah Hailstorm was there one Hailstorm year my twenty first birthday they were there and they did like a rock versus country for a couple of years yep. where they had like. It was again the more local or cover smaller bands. cover bands, but it does feel like fairs got to reinvent that side of it. Like we went to like the country USA style where we just wanted to be in a field. Well, I didn't, but people just went to this random big field, and it was this huge, you know. Fact, there's still whole egg, and those are still around. And then you got almost like your epic event center now bringing in names. That's like a, the old Gordmans they converted into a yeah. an event center, and Rush is bringing in a lot of stuff, and that's kind of differently set up where the the grandstand style with the music event just it's it's like well too small to get the big names there's too many too opportunities bi- now there's so many different venues everywhere. and places yeah. to go but I, I i will say we're moving the goalpost here because the excuse used to be oh well country, country usa City. they got a non-compete which right. yep. i always thought was a crock because the fond du Lac county fair the calumet county fair could have the same people as country USA, and they're closer than we are so but it's a high risk. I mean, yeah. Look at how even now, you know, concerts can get canceled. They get people get sore yeah. throats or whatever. And yeah, that's it, and that's your one shot to make back your money you spent on a big name act. Yeah. If they, you know, if you know, if you can't, if you know, if Charlie Barron's sore throat, you just call the Boys and Toys Band from Kenosha. They'll play anywhere. They're wonderful. Could could have had a Polka Days preview. Yeah, yeah. Marashik so Brothers. How often is Polka Days the same week as the Elder Game Fair? Like, I, sure I don't remember. I, didn't I don't ever remember. It's like Haley's. It's like Haley's Comet. Yeah. No, it, it just is wild. But it always they, seems something. Yeah. They need a good burger stand there, though. With Charlie Nagreen making inventing the hamburger in eighteen eighty five at the first ever Seymour Fair. Like, why do you hate our veterans that like, sell hamburgers? Oh, they do have a decent their, hamburger. Yeah. I mean, I just... Un-American. Whoa. Yeah, so they have a good American. Disavow. You go to the Legion, you get your burger. burger there. Be happy with it. You need like a Charlie Todd burger. Todd will text you a picture I, this evening. <laughs> no, I want like the original, like basically on... on a piece of bread. Yeah, meatball smash smashed book. on a, meatball, two pieces yeah. of bread. With That's what we're... Definitely, actually, that'd be fun just to rent. I wonder what to call it. Just bring an ox cart and be selling those in the old Charlie outfit. I, I wonder guarantee how many, you'd make a like, killing. Put set it up by the fireman's beer stand. You guys are giving me ideas. Be... Next year for the fair, I'm going to buy a Blackstone griddle and a hamburger <laughs> Charlie outfit, and I'm just going to sell burgers. Twelve dollars a piece. Get in yeah. a get in a piece of history. Yeah, you, you got to memorize the thing. It was like hamburger, 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 hot. That's the right. And then I sizzle in something and whatever. Yeah. But before, I don't know that one. I know the Seymour Pop one. I don't know that one. Before eighteen eighty five, like Appleton did have the fair for I think it was like ten or twenty years. That's a good question. How did no, it was, how did Seymour see, there was like the three fair. business people in Seymour that were like the were taking they, basically they started a horse racing track. Yep. Eh. And it kind of went great, from there. Great grandpa Frank. Great grandpa Frank. Frank was one the, of the three? He was an original member of the of the fair board oh, and nice. original investor in the fair, yeah. Great grandpa Frank. Great, that, great grandpa Frank. Think of that Frank, being actually. an investor in the fair because that's what it was too back then. Yeah, yeah. we're 
proud of original fair investors. <laughs> My grandma still gets her fair board like memo every year to, and she's like, I'm 83. <laughs> I'm done volunteering. Those days are long gone. But yeah, great, great grandpa Frank. We did, we did make this a whole episode on the fair. So <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks, Matt. And thank you to all our listeners out there. Please subscribe and tell a farmer friend about the podcast. I know you don't have as much tractor time right now, so you can't just sneak them in, but still a lot of other time while you're driving, listen to the podcast or, you know, out doing chores is a great time. All you got to do to get our podcast is search Tilt Talk Radio on Apple Podcasts or on Android. We like the app Podcast Attic. Download the download, subscribe there. You can also listen on your computer or smartphone browser. Go to tilthag.com slash podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. All right. Thanks, Dad. Now we'll do our cool beans. That's corny with some current events. So our cool beans is... Cool beans. So sorry, I jumped right into it. Cool beans? Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. I just got nervous that I was going to miss it because I was reading the article. And then I was like, oh, panic. And then you, oh, man, that was bad. Yep. That was tough. Slop that one up. Oh, well. All right. Farm Bill this year seems more likely than Farm Bill on time. So at least they're planning on getting it done within the calendar year. Um, things have gotten off to a slow start, but there is some promise that we will see a Farm Bill this year. Uh, the September 30th expiration is for the current law. And that is getting closer and closer every day. I mean, we're almost at the end of July here, and August will fly by, and pretty soon it'll be September. So over the past couple of months, the common target for enactment of the new Farm Bill has become this year rather than end of September. And the chairman of the House Agriculture Committee said on Tuesday that September 30, 30th was uncomfortably close on the calendar. Neither the House nor the Senate Ag Committees have made a public first-round text of what to be expected in the Farm Bill. Uh, it will be the most expensive Farm Bill ever, but that's every Don't year. do say that every time? Yeah, every year that's, it's that. Uh, so they want, they want to see a 2023 Farm Bill before the end of the year, according to, or the American Farm Bureau Federation would like to see that. And overall, I think there's... Still time to do do it this year, but yeah, things are things are moving on, and this year we'll. They just need close Larry, Larry DeCable fast. guy to go to go to Washington and say get her done. Yep. <laughs> so there's hope, and that's a good thing. Uh, on the that's corny side of things. We've got the federal agriculture officials have declared drought disaster in southern Wisconsin, so the drought conditions to the south uh, have continued to get worse throughout the season. Uh, there is still time, according to local experts, to turn the season around. U.S. Department of Agriculture issued a disaster declaration for 18 southern Wisconsin counties because of drought conditions that started on July 4th. The main counties identified were Columbia, Dane, Iowa, Jefferson, and Sauk, with surrounding counties also eligible under the declaration. Much of the southern half of the state is currently under extreme or severe drought conditions, according to the Drought Monitor. And as we've seen, it's just progressively gotten darker colored across the map this season with yeah, those counties that I mentioned being in a D3 extreme drought. So 
We haven't hit exceptional yet, which is the highest level of the drought monitor, but we've got D2, D1 across most of the state with southern areas in D3 and a few lucky spots scattered throughout the state that are only D0 abnormally dry. Remember when we started the season, we were D0, and we were like, oh, that's not so bad. Well, yeah. Well, Max keeps calling and saying how bad his corn looks down south, and I'm like, well, I guess this is why. Yeah, so just for reference, you guys, this drought monitor came out, and it still is in the D3 extreme drought, and from last Wednesday to Sunday night, they got three inches of rain in some of those areas, nice. and it and still is in the. Well, it comes drop. out Thursday, so we'll see. But, it, but it, the it cutoff is Tuesday. Out, right. The it cutoff is Tuesday, out, yeah. so it should have included that in the cut. Like it made the cutoff, so it's not a, it, And I just pulled up the one now, and instead of having a big red glob, there's a like tear shape in part the in the, the middle red. that's not red anymore. It's it's orange now, so that must have been where it. But we we added. In the agricultural heart of Bayfield County, super north Wisconsin, they're in the D three as well. Bayfield now. and Douglas. Douglas. A lot of corn grown in Bayfield County, right on the shores of Lake Superior. So, like Sock, Western Dane, and Northern Iowa is not in the D three anymore. So that's probably where you're talking, Max. Yep, I think once you're once you get to a certain point, you're splitting hairs with like, oh, yeah, we're, we're D3 now, so it's the, getting serious. But they yep. use the word exceptional drought. I was, like, exceptional means Good. something positive <laughs> to me. I hate that it's yeah. that. Like, I wish it was just extreme to be the, should be the highest. Yeah. Not, like, it, it, but it, they do, like, it, moderate isn't a real bad thing. Severe, okay, it's getting bad. Extreme. And then they go completely back yeah, the other way to right. exceptional. exceptional. But, right. Exceptionally bad is right. Also, yeah, I like get it. A, I just think that's an interesting. Yes, well, what word would you prefer they use, Todd? I, I, I'm with I, you, but I'm yeah, just wondering I, what I, word. I have no idea because you can't get much worse than extreme. Catastrophic. Yeah, yeah it, catastrophic sh- would be good. Shit like show. That. Yeah, we've been saying that since D zero, <laughs> but yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was talking with some um, folks at NRCS and some other agronomists, and you know, I think a lot of these. The drought monitor is great, but a lot of these conditions, it's been there the whole time. Like, even though we've progressed into the worsening drought, that these areas are what the map shows now is just amplifying what we already kind of knew. Yeah. Well, and the drought monitor doesn't uh, show that 90 degrees in straight sun. Like, that's a whole nother, you know, dry is one thing, 90 degrees and sunny and windy is a whole nother, that's a whole nother ball of wax. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. And then we'll wrap things up with our Field Good Friday. And what was once a question is not a question anymore. World Dairy Expo will stay in Madison. The Let's go. Nice little clap. That's awesome. World Dairy Expo will be there for at least another five years. The world's largest dairy-focused trade show and Dayton County announced in an agreement on July 13th that it will extend the event stay in Madison through 2028 with an additional three-year option that could keep it there till 2031. <laughs> it's like a so three-year option. Yeah. Depends on the cap hit. We'll have to see how things yeah. go. We'll raise the cap enough by then. It won't matter. Existing contract expires after this year's show in October, but the new deal means Expo will continue its run. The run began in 1967 on the county-owned ground, owned grounds of what is now the Alliant Energy Center. 
So for 56 years, Madison, Wisconsin has been recognized as the epicenter of the global dairy industry for the first week of October. And even though it is just a week-long event, it's more than that. The commerce relationships built and hard work by staff and volunteers will happen year-round and continue for years to come. So... 31 million economic. That's a big that's deal. A, it's a big impact, yeah. <clears throat> so there's eight more years of UW-Madison's dairy science students that will not do any work. <laughs> but make school work. For yeah. <laughs> they will not do any school work the week of uh, Dairy Expo. That's the best week. Yeah, you go dump milk or I forgot what else. Is yeah, you just so, go work. So it was great. So World Dairy Expo is roughly two Packer games of economic impact. Think how much we would say about having two more Packer games. How much our economy benefits from two more Packer games. That's yeah, crazy I mean, to think like, about. Yeah. Well, we we measure things in Packer game <laughs> revenue around here. It's getting the playoff games, right? I had to look that up because that's that's like the one time I, I really pay attention to econ, economic impact on the local economy. What did they say with the draft? Ooh, I, obviously be, way bigger yeah. than that, right? Well, are they building more buildings? Because aren't they kind of running out of... At Dairy Expo? Expo, or is yeah. that part of this deal? You, you wonder if they're going to construct more stuff. Ooh, 94 million. 94 it? million on the state, 20 million, in Gre- 20, 20 million locally in Green Bay. Yeah. So three World Dairy Expos is what the draft Well, there is. will probably be people who stay in Madison to drive up to the draft <laughs> every day. You're going to have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Most likely. All right, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So this week we talked about what we're seeing in the field. In our spotlight, we looked at a genetic discovery uh, defect discovered in Holstein dairy cattle. Out of Gamey County Fair was our Ag History Minute. Cool beans this week. Farm bill seems likely to be by the end of the year, but not on time. That's corny was a drought disaster declaration for southern Wisconsin. And our Field Good Friday's World Dairy Expo will stay in Madison for another at least five years. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.